Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen, amen. I know this is, this is something every pastor probably says in the morning or something every minister is supposed to say, but there's something happening here, amen? There's something. How many just feel, you feel, you feel the presence of God? How many of you, come on, you, you got to know this ain't a show. This ain't a show. You got to feel, see, something happens when if two of you were really worshiping, something happens. The word says God inhabits his praises. God, worship is irresistible to God. You understand? Worship is irresistible. So when somebody worships, God got to be, I'm all about it. He's all there. And so, and so when God shows up, something has to happen. Amen? Come on. All right. I like to start with a quote. And I, I read something this, this week that, that even encouraged me more about the quotes that I love. I read, you can tell a man by three things. His eyes, the friends that he keeps, and the quotes that he loves. <laughs> Isn't that good? Well, all right, let me, let me give you a couple of quotes this morning. Kind of getting into what we're going to deal with today. Here's a quote. The gospel is neither a discussion or a debate. It's an announcement. Oh, I like that. Here's another one. The glory of the gospel is that when the church is absolutely different from the world, she invariably attracts it. Oh, man. That's, that, that's for everybody, all the ministries that are just trying to be like the world. No. If the church is totally different from the world, we attract it. Amen? All right. Here's one more. One more. This is from an oldie. This is from Charles Spurgeon. Avoid the sugared gospel. Seek the gospel which rips up, tears, and cuts, and wounds, and hacks, and even kills. Because that is the gospel that makes alive again. And when you have found it, give good heed to it. Let it in, enter into your inmost being. As the rain soaks into the ground, so pray the Lord to let his gospel soak into your soul. Amen? Father, prepare us today for your, for your word. Prepare us, Lord God, to be changed by your word. Prepare us, Lord God, to take everything that we've ever heard from your word, God, and let it change us from the inside out, Lord God. Let it change us and let it change those around us. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. amen. Well, all right, if you're just joining us, listen, man, this is exciting. Tell, tell the new people that came today, you, you came at the right day. You, you came the right time. Because listen, if you're just joining us, we just finished, just so you understand where we're coming from, we just finished the book of Daniel last week. 
Amen? All 12 chapters. We finished the book of Daniel last week. And before that, we went through First and Second Kings. We went through the life of Elijah, and it was exciting. Amen? Sometime before that, some years back, we're backing up now. We went through the entire book of Acts one year. How many of you were here for that? That's a lot of chat, man. We went through the entire book of Acts, and that was incredible. See, I love to study and research and, and go through an entire book of the Bible, and I love taking you guys with me. It makes me feel like we accomplished something. Like with every chapter, with every book, I'm growing, and you're growing, and I'm changing, and you're changing. Amen? Yeah. Right, right? Because you, you can't but help but be changed by the Word of God. If you're not being changed, you're doing something wrong. If it doesn't change you, it ain't the word. So, so I, I love doing that and I love seeing that change. And Because when my time in this pulpit should pass, I want to rest knowing that during my watch, we preach the full word of God in its entirety. Amen? Not just my opinions, my ideas, my stories, but the full word of God. Listen, I, the other day I needed a pencil, right? And I, and I went to the back over here because I knew there were some pencils there. And so, boom, like 25 pencils, but there was no point. And so I grabbed, I looked deeper, and there's another 25, 20, 25 pencils, but no point. And then I looked even further, and there was another 20, 25 pencils, but no point. What's the point... Of having two, three, four thousand people in church and, and, and none of them are able to write. None of them are able to communicate. None of them are able to walk out what they're hearing. Amen? It's, it's come on. It, it's, it's only, come on, it's only when the knife gets to you. It's only when the knife, how many of you are willing to let the knife just chisel away at you until you're ready Oh man, I couldn't have practiced that better. That was awesome right there. How many of you are willing to get that knife until you're ready to communicate? Until you're ready to say something? Until you're ready to be something? To live something? Until you're ready to be used? Amen? You can't use that stuff. You, you can't. What's the point? I don't, I don't, I don't want a big, a, a whole, I don't want a stadium as a church. I don't want a big, huge crowd that's good for nothing. Amen? Because then, then that'll be about my ego. That'll be about me. I don't, you don't have to pick that up, man. Don't worry about it. Amen. So each book that we finish together, to me, is like a gift that we've been given that nobody can take away. If you've been here uh, just a little while, then you've been given the gift of the entire Word of God deposited in your hearts. And, and understand something, you have all the lead that you need. It, see, when you first say, God, I trust you, I believe in you, and you just accept the Word, says you confess with your mouth and believe it in your heart, you are saved. And you got all the Holy Spirit you were ever going to get. You, you, you ready for that? You got everything you were ever going to get. Some of you still sitting in church for 15 years waiting to be used for ministry, waiting to be ready, waiting to be... No, you got everything you were going to get. You just got to let the knife get to you and then get going and start writing. Amen? Woo! If you've been here just a little while, you know all that Daniel went through. And though we wouldn't choose to go through the things that he went through, we know that in Christ we can. You know that you can. 
You know that if you get thrown in the lion's den, you know you have the full authority of God to shut the mouths of the lions. Come on, man. Y'all, y'all didn't get this. You know all the things that Elijah went through, and we've seen him experience great miracles, but we've also seen him go through great famine and doubt. Anybody doubt sometimes? We've seen him take on 400 men and win, and then we've seen him cower and run from one woman. Man, that's a whole other message. (laughs) but by knowing the full story not just the good parts by knowing the full story we no longer look at Elijah or Daniel or anybody else in the word of God as some spiritual superhero that we can never be like see that's the point why do you think God put these misfits in the word of God why didn't God just give us a Bible full of these incredible people that were perfect So that we can say, I need to model my life after that. No, God put people just like us. So that we can see that they were just like us. And so that we can see that what they did, we did. Because it's not about us, it's about God. Amen? Tell somebody, get sharpened. Come on. We can see ourselves in Daniel, in Elijah, in David, in Paul, and we can see ourselves in the, in the shoes of these great men. When we do that, we realize that we are the Daniels and the Elijahs and the Davids and the Pauls of our generation. Uh, come on, you know, the, the Bible, I, I hate the way some people look at the Bible. The Bible is not just a history. The Bible is alive and active and it shows us that we need to be living this way today. Not that we need to to, to huddle together and read this thing and be all solemn and crazy. No, we need to read this thing and know what? Word? Word? It's the word, right? Word? It's the word of God, right? We need to read it and go, word? What? Yeah! And then live that because we are the Daniels and the Davids and the Pauls of this generation. You and I. See, God used ordinary men by the grace and power of God. They did extraordinary, they lived extraordinary lives. And you and I are ordinary men and women, and we've been called to do extraordinary things. And we're being equipped with the Word of God, and that's not just for ourselves, it's for the generation that we've been called to lead. Amen? Tell somebody, stop being selfish. You know too much to, sh- to, to sit and shut up. Anybody ever told you that? Oh, usually people telling you to shut up. You know too much to shut up. See, and, and, and I love the way the Word of God dismisses all of our excuses to live for God. I love this. Listen to this. Some of you could say, I'm too old. I am just happy I finally got my butt to church. I'm happy at least I could end my life the right way. At least I could do the right things, you know, now. And at least, you know, but listen, Abraham was 99 years old when God started messing with him. Anybody 99 yet? You're not too old. Sarah was 90 years old when God said, you're going to have a baby. And that baby's going to have a holy lineage. Man, that shut everybody up. (laughs) So there's no excuse. It's just time to walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. We need to walk it out. We need to walk it out. 
Some of you could say, well, I'm too young. I got, and I, I man, I want to slap, I want to slap young people when they tell me this. I'm too young, man. I got plenty of time. I got a lot of mistakes still to make. Moses, but listen, Moses was a baby when God set him apart. A baby, an infant. When God set him apart, David was a kid. Daniel was a teenager. Listen, live now like you can do big things now because you absolutely can. Amen? That's no excuse. Walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. You got to walk it out. What about our other excuses? Here's half the rest of the church. I'm too bad. I've done too much. I have a really bad history. I'm an ex-con. I got a record. People know, people know what I came from. People know the old me. Listen, Paul was a persecutor of God's people. He didn't do anything right. He was hell-bent on killing Christians. Paul was a Columbine kid. Do you understand? He was just hell-bent on killing Christians. There was nothing good in that brother. But when God, how about Rahab? Rahab was a prostitute. I, I almost say, how many prostitutes we have? <laughs> Whoa, I caught myself. <laughs> Rahab was a prostitute who ended up being, listen to this, this how, this how beautiful God's word is. She was a prostitute who ended up being in Jesus' lineage. Rahab was, was David's great-grandmother. Do you know that? And, and through that lineage came... G Jesus came through the lineage of a whore. Come on, if that don't wash up your excuses, then maybe you're worse than I thought. How about the woman at the well? She was a Jerry Springer candidate. She had five husbands, and the man she was living with now was not her husband. Maury? All right, she was a Maury candidate. Not the father. And this, I'm sure this was the father. I'm 99.9% sure this is the father. And the records say, she's not the father. Five times, five husbands this woman had, and the one she was with was not her husband now. Jesus reached out to her, and the word says that she started a two-day revival in her town. The word says that many Samaritans, because of her testimony, say testimony. testimony. You, you better not say that word if you don't really ready to know what that means. Because of the word of her testimony, that means that all these Samaritans didn't come to church. That means that all these Samaritans didn't get reached by some evangelist or by some, or some pastor or some outreach ministry. That means that the word of her testimony, she went back into the town, this woman of five husbands, and because of her testimony, started telling people, come, meet the man who knows everything I ever did and still loves me. Ooh. She didn't understand it all, but she walked it out. So whether you think you're too old, you're too young, you've made too many mistakes, you've been divorced, you got baby drama mama, that is no excuse. You can't let that stop you from walking it out today. Amen? Sorry, no excuse for you. You can say, I'm not smart. I don't read no books. I don't know no correct grammar. 
I don't know no good spelling. Listen, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, they were fishermen. Now, I'm not trying to diss fishermen, but those weren't the sharpest tacks in the box. Now, I've watched like Great Catch. You watch those shows? Those guys that go out fishing? I mean, you know, not the most studied guys. You, you understand? They know what they know. They know what they do, and they do it well. They didn't have no college degree. They didn't even have a good enough diploma. Those of you know with a GED, you know. James and John were called the sons of thunder. I don't know about you, but if they call your sons the sons of thunder, it's probably not a good thing. It's probably, right? So no excuse for you. Start to walk it out. Ephesians 4.4 4 says there is one body, one spirit, and just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all who is over all and through all and in all, but to each one of us grace has been given. Say to each one. Grace has been given. So who, how many, who, who counts in that then? Who? To each one. Did you get that? Do I need to break the Hebrew, Greek, and, and Aramaic spelling of that? To each one. That means each one. Amen? <coughs> to each one, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Verse 11, it is he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers. Verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service. Not to prepare God's people to be unsharpened pencils. Amen? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might get built up. Listen, this is not a show, okay? I have to keep reminding myself every week because, you know, sometimes, man, I feel like, wow, we knocked that message out the park and then and, and I get excited and I get happy and, and sometimes I get good emails and I get good encouraging words from some of you and then fear hits me. I say, I got to do it again next week. I can't. I, I can't do that again. I can't, and I get the pressure, like, oh God, how can I be funnier next week? What illustration can I use that would be more? And, and I keep, maybe in my head, like, I got to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And I say, wait, 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 hold, hold up. I'm not here to entertain nobody. This ain't a show. This is where we come to show what God is doing in our lives. Amen? Listen, church would never, ever, ever be boring, no matter who was speaking or teaching, if we were ready to walk it out. I mean that. And I've heard some dull speakers. But it would never ever be boring if you came with an attitude that says, God, give me one morsel of your word today that I can walk it out. You'll get that. Amen? Woo! You could preach. Listen, I, I, I love watching these things and studying these things. You could preach the gospel in a third world country and you could be dry, long-winded, dull, boring, but when you tell somebody about how Peter walked across the water, those people will leave that meeting, they'll find the nearest body of water, and all afternoon they'll be stepping on that thing, trying. All afternoon, because when you tell them God did something, they, they want to do it. They understand that they can do it. It's a totally different mindset. When you tell them that Jesus healed the lepers and opened the eyes of the blind, they leave the meeting looking for the lepers and blind people in their community. Tell them in Christ they can do something and they will walk it out from that point on. 
Who are the lepers in our community? And are we showing them the love of God? There are people all around us all day who are spiritually blind, but because we're uncomfortable sharing our stuff, we let them walk into walls and hurt themselves all day long. Church, we have to be willing to be uncomfortable. We have to be willing to let God shine through us. We have to be willing to walk it out. We need to stop hoping and start doing. We need to stop wishing and start praying. We need to stop whining about the dark conditions around us and start shining. We need to stop talking and start walking it out. Amen? Let this word get in your heart and believe it and your life will never be the same again. Listen, some of us are too heavy. Somebody just said, El pastor me llamó gordo. The pastor, no, he didn't call me fat. Some, listen, before you get offended, hear me. We're too heavy because we take too much in and we don't walk it out. If you've ever been overweight and you went to the doctor, what's the first thing they tell you to do? You got to start walking. Right? Anybody confirm that without like testifying that you're heavy and the doctor told you you're too heavy? The first thing in the dark, you got to add some exercise to your routine. Right, Chris? You got to start walking a little bit. Listen, this isn't for everybody. There are people in this church that do too much. And I'm not trying to get you to do more. And understand one thing, I'm not even trying to get anyone to do anything for me. I want this body to be healthy, though. I want it to be healthy. And you just, just like you can't be healthy physically if you're not exercising regularly and watching what you eat, you will not be healthy spiritually if you're not exercising that faith regularly and watching what you put in. Come on, that's better than that. Amen. Amen. Listen to me, lives of extreme faith require extreme obedience. That's real popular. The problem with the American church today is that we want to see extreme miracles, but we don't want to be extremely obedient. We want to visit revivals in other cities and towns, but we don't want to start them. Come on, that needs to sit in some of you. We want to visit them because somebody else, and God is moving, amen. How come it's not moving here? Why not here? Maybe because you're not obedient. Maybe because you don't want to step out. Maybe because you don't want to risk it. Maybe because if the service goes past 1 o'clock, you're complaining. Maybe because you're too hungry to stay and hear the Word of God. Maybe because you got to get up six times in the middle of the Word of God to get a sandwich, to get something to drink, to go to the bathroom, to talk to your friend in the back. Maybe, maybe because we're just not willing to sit and listen. Maybe because we're just not willing to just let God get in us and take that knife and start sharpening, hacking us and, and breaking things down until we're bare and naked and say, God, okay, use me. We haggle with God. We say, you do a miracle first and I'll be obedient. Anybody been there? Come on, I do it. I'm not judging nobody. I'm, I'm, I, I do it. God, you do that, man, and you got me. I'll do anything. Anybody pray like that ever? You make this one thing happen, God, and you got me forever. How many of you know that was a lie anyway? Thank God he doesn't answer our prayers and then holds us to them sometimes. 
Right? Because some boy, we'd be a whole different people. Our prayer has to be, God, I will be obedient even if I never see another miracle in my life. You've already sacrificed and given me everything I need for life. You've already done too much, God. If you don't do another thing, you've already done too much. Anybody will receive that? If, if you don't do another thing, God, you've already done too much for me. Well, listen, we're starting a new book today. Somebody say, he ain't even start the message yet. I was just setting you up. We're starting a new book today. And I'm so excited because we're starting the book of John. We're starting a gospel today. Amen? And we've been talking about Old Testament prophets. I want to talk about New Testament disciples because that's who we are, right? We're not going to get anywhere in it today, obviously, because I've taken all this time this morning. But I was praying and asking God to leave me and all of that had to come out before we get in. You know, sometimes you just got to get all everything out before you get in. Amen? Sometimes when, you, when, you, when you're ready to, you want to redecorate, you want to clean something, everything got to get out first before, before we, we, we get into something, right? So all that had to get out before, before God could, could, could speak through us. And, and so I, I'm going to title this message series what? Walk it out. Walk it out. Amen. So let me set it up for you. The Gospel of John. It's often been labeled the evangelistic gospel. It, it has often been used to lead people to Christ, and, and it's often given to new believers as the first thing they should read, and that's why I want us to really know it. See, the gospel of John is the fourth gospel. It was believed to have been written 30 years after the other three. Let's get some history in there, amen? The other three gospels are called the synoptic gospels, and they are, the synoptic means see together. That's the first three Gospels. They present Jesus' life in pretty much the same format. Right? They talk about the birth. They talk about the life. They talk about his miracles. They tell his stories. They tell his parables. And they go, and then to the resurrection, to the life. You know, it goes, it goes kind of the same way. John doesn't do that. John doesn't even record a lot of Jesus' uh, parables. John doesn't even talk the, those stories that Jesus gave. John does a, a lot of different things in a different way. And we'll, we'll be getting into that as we go. But if you've ever wondered why, you know, the, the, the first, here's the breakdown kind of. The first three Gospels focus more on what Jesus taught and did, and John focuses more on who Jesus is. See, because I, I guess John figured, what's the point of knowing what he did if we don't know who he is? Right? We need to know what he did, and that's all good. But if we don't know what he is, we don't care about what he did. So once we find out who he is, then we'll look back and say, this is what he did. And then we'll go, word? Wow. So, the, 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 if you've ever wondered why there are four books called the Gospels in the Bible, it's because there's only one Gospel, but it's told in four stories through the eyes of different men. Amen? Each of the Gospels emphasize a different origin of Jesus, that, but, and, and still they don't contradict each other. Matthew shows Jesus came from Abraham through David, so it demonstrates that He is the Messiah that was promised in the Old Testament. Mark shows Jesus came from Nazareth, showing that, demonstrated that Jesus came to be a servant. Luke shows that Jesus came from Adam, demonstrating that he's the second Adam, the, the perfect man, what Adam was intended to be. And John shows that Jesus came from heaven, demonstrating that he is God. Do you see how beautiful, different, how can one man come from four different places? He, he can't. Amen? 
It's depending on how we look at it. So, so why was it all written? Here, the Gospel of John gives us the answer right at the end of John. It's in John 20, 30. Why was the book of John written? John writes, There are also many other signs and miracles which Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, recorded, in order that you may believe that Jesus is the Anointed One the Son of God, and that through believing and cleaving to and trusting and relying upon Him, you may have life in His name through who He is. So remember the prophecies that we got into in Daniel when it said the anointed one had to come? John Gospel is telling us it was Jesus. You see how, how things kind of work out? I love the way the, the Word of God. It tells us that He's the one and that He's the one that's coming again. See, the book of the Bible were written by different authors at different times in different places, and yet it tells a beautiful story when you put it all together. So those of you that make a bunch of excuses after excuses to not read the Word that man put that, man could not have pulled this off. Do you understand? Man could not. There is not one of us in here or that has ever lived that is smart enough to, to put this together in the lineage, in the line, and in the times and places and the way that it was written that it would come together and tell a story. Ain't nobody that smart. So that excuse is dead. No excuse. No excuse for you. Walk it out. Amen? All right, we're going to start, we're going to be jumping into this book next week, but let me just read it to you real quick, the beginning. Open your Bibles to the book of John. I want you to grab this. Let me just leave you with this. Open your books to the, your, your Bible to the Gospel of John, and when you get there, say, walk it out. Why are you lying? You ain't even there. Everybody right there, you're right there. If you don't have it, look on with somebody else. The Gospel, the book of John, chapter 1, it goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and that's how John starts. The fourth Gospel in the book aimed right at our hearts. No parables in this one, nothing hidden in parts. The Word was with God and is God, and that's how it reads. That Jesus is Lord, and that's what it means. The light has come into the world in the form of a man, sinless and pure. But the darkness has not understood it of this truth. They're not sure, diseased and dying patients, not accepting a cure. They say it's for religious fanatics and weak-minded fools. They say that's not what we're learning in our fancy schools. We came from a cell and that from a big bang. I once was a fish, then a monkey, now a man. But in the beginning, John says, the word had us made. And without him, nothing was made that has ever been made. In him was life, and that life for man was a light. And since the beginning, this has been a tremendous fight. The darkness didn't receive it, didn't think it was right. But the word was made flesh, and there was none higher, not another. But Jesus is this long-awaited Messiah. John the Baptist said, I'm a thunder in the desert making straight the way. I'm not the one, not a prophet. I'm just here to say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. I've seen the Spirit fall like a dove on His head in my sight. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the Lamb of God that washed away all our sin. Some didn't believe it, but others knew it was true. And in the next two days, Andrew, Simon, Philip, and Nathaniel said, I'll follow you. The first disciples who gave up what they were doing to follow the Son and that, my family, is John chapter 1. So my challenge to you this week from the Gospel of John, no doubt, is to take the love of God in your heart to the street and walk it out. Amen.
Amen. Woo. Can we agree no more excuses? Can you tell somebody I'm going to shine? I am going to shine. Listen, I'm going to walk in the full power and authority that God has for me. Would you reach out to some people this week? Would you do that? Listen, listen, don't let this place, the size, limit you. Because <coughs> I'm not. I'm training leaders on Wednesday night because I know this is too much for me and because it's not about me. God adds to the church as he sees fit. Amen? Amen? And so you'll never catch me strong-arming people to come in here or, or even to stay here. I don't have a size in mind of a church that I want. I just, I, I want what God wants. And, and from what I've seen and experienced, I'm going to keep on building and He's going to keep on growing. Amen. Amen? So that you know I'm meeting with the owner of this building this week to see what we can work out about buying the building so we can have the rest of this thing. Amen? But unless God builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. So I'm not stressing it. I'm just walking it out. Amen? Eric, I want you to come up here. Eric, grab that mic. Listen, would you, would you just receive this? Receive this, whatever your situation is today. Whoever you are. Whatever you came here with. Jesus came so that you can walk it out. Jesus died so that you can walk it out. And Jesus rose so that you and I can walk it out. Amen? I'm just going to have Eric. He's going to close. He's just going to close this in a word of prayer. Because, see, I... I there's, some, there's something about this man that excites me because, see, he's an exciter of people. Amen? And, and, and if you don't know him, if you don't know him, you might think he's on crack or he's on some kind of speed. And, and a lot of people probably tell him that. But, but, but listen, man, God, God created him like this to shine. And you know what's beautiful? You know what's beautiful? This is why I want him to pray this over us. Watch this. How many people are here because they know Eric or they're related to Eric or they came through Eric? Look, look, here they are. And, and the many more that have come and those that have come to the bread factories and those that have come to different events. And I mean, just the, the, there's something that shines about this man that I wanted to get contagious. Amen? So, so if you're saying I'm ready to walk it out, Eric, come on, come on up here, Eric. If you're saying, I'm ready to walk it out, man, I'm tired of being, I, I want to be sharpened. I'm tired of being a, a, a just... A, Come on, this is boring. This is, do, do you realize that we put all this together, how boring this is? Look, this is a church. What, what, what's that about? You can do nothing with an unsharpened pencil. Amen? But, but listen, look, how, much more, how much more can this one do than all of these? Amen? I'd rather have five or ten of these. And be small, I don't care. But we'll do something for God. Amen? We'll do something. Because, because this is doing nothing for me except making me pay higher rents from bigger buildings. I don't need this. Amen? Come on. Come on. Come on. Stand up. You ready? Stand up.
If you're ready, stand up. We're just going to re release just a heart of evangelism. And I pray that next week, man, you don't show up without somebody else. You don't show up. I pray next week, because of the way you live your life this week, there's going to be people following you here. Following you, asking, where do you go? Because I want to go where you go. Because I want to know what you know. Because I want to have in me what you have in you. Amen? That's the gospel. That's the gospel. That's the book of John. Come on, come on. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Daddy, we call on you, God. We need you, Lord Jesus. We are a needy people, God, and we need you, Father God. We need that intimacy with you, God. We need to love you and show that we love you by being obedient to what we know about you, Lord God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would break our hearts with what breaks your heart, God. Fill our heart with the love and the compassion of Jesus, God. We cannot do it on our own, God. We don't naturally like to talk to people that are despicable, God. But help us, Lord, to learn to live and walk like you. To love the unlovable, God. To dine with the dirty, Lord Jesus. To run with the riffraff, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would give us a heart after your own heart, God, and your heart is for the lost, God, your heart is for the broken, your heart is for the downtrodden, your heart is for the beaten and bruised, Father, forgive us for falling asleep on you, Lord God, forgive us, God, for not taking the message of hope that we hold in our hearts, God, to those that are hopeless, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus for my brothers and my sisters that are here today, God. And I thank you for them, God. I thank you that they are here on a Sunday. But Father, forgive us, God, for being Sunday Christians, God. Forgive us, Lord God, for coming on Sunday and raising our hands and saying, we love you, Lord, and we worship you, God, but they're not worshiping you with how we live our life, God. And forgive us, God, for thinking that if we know it all, that we can go out there and intellectually win people, God, because it's not about what we know, God. It's about who we know, and we know you, God. You are the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, God. You are God. You are the king of kings, Lord. I pray, God, that you would teach us your ways, Lord. Teach us to walk it out, God, in more than what we say, God, but that we would truly be the adobo of the world, God, and that people would be like, yo, what's your flavor, son? What's your flavor, girl? What is it about you? God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that we would shine, God, and that it wouldn't be superficial, God, that it would be true, that it would be genuine, and that we would shine when we're home alone, God, that we would shine when we're praying in the prayer closet for our brothers and sisters of the Lord. I pray for favor, God. Come Give on, my brothers on. and sisters favor come on, come on, with their families, on. God. Yes, Give them favor yes, with their yes. parents. Give them favor yeah. with their children. Give them favor with the people that they work with. God, forgive us for being afraid to offer hope, God. Forgive us for being afraid for thinking we don't know how to answer, God. Forgive us for not getting into your word and yeah. for not knowing you, Lord Jesus, on, God. On, I pray, God, that you would help us to produce fruit in keeping with repentance, Lord God, that we would walk a lifestyle, God, that brings you pleasure, God, that you could look down on us, God, and that our very thoughts that our hearts, God, and the meditations thereof, God, would bring you glory and that people won't be able to withstand to ask us, what is it about you? Because I need that joy. Yes. I know it ain't cocaine. I know it ain't marijuana. I know it ain't alcohol. Yeah. I know it ain't about knocking boots. 
God. It's all about you, Jesus. I pray, God, that that hope would resonate in these people here today, Father God, and that we take it out to the block, hard body, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, come on, come on. you never made that decision, if you're here today and this is the first time you're getting hit, hit with this and you've never made that decision to be filled with the Spirit of God, to say, God, I'll walk in your way. I'll follow you, God. I don't have it all together yet. I don't, I don't have a good understanding yet, God. But your word says, if I confess with my lips that you are Lord, that you came, that you're the Son of God, that you died and that you rose again, that I can be forgiven, then I want that. If that's you, would you just raise your hand, man? Just be bold about it. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on to the front. Just say, God, that's me. That's me. Let's celebrate those that are coming. Come on. Say, that's me. And now let's worship together with them. Let's worship. Be broken now. 
broken now. Spiritual war zone, the devil's empire. He think it's all sown, why judge and condone? If you perfect, throw the first stone. I'm not alone with the almighty, the supreme. When I'm in a tight battle, I stand tall like Kareem. Lord's team was and will always the way it seemed. I used to be destructive and live strife. Plotting scheme, I live wicked. Had a gun gripped being sifted. Money flipping, car whipping, weed addicted. I'm most convicted of attempt murder without the burner. To my friend's mother says something I never heard of. God is calling you, she said. I went home, tears I shed. I responded, but if I didn't, I think I'd be dead. So I'm thanking the Lord, all that he did. He took me away from a bitch, showed me love, directed this kid. And now the joy that I have, can't even explain, can't even contain. Without shame, his name I proclaim, he's from above. And above all, I don't score. When I'm reaching out to all of y'all, that's ignoring this call. Realize the Messiah's no liar, eternal life desire. Two worlds, one choice, heaven or hell's fire. We give him glory. We give him glory. We give him glory. We give him glory. The altar are open. If you need to lay down what you need to lay down, but God is trying to sharpen you. God is trying to make you right. The words of your life on the lives of other people. So the altars are open, for God shall call you, and God shall break you through. So stop trying by your own might. Stop trying by your own strength. Stop trying, for it's by the Spirit of Christ. By the Spirit of Christ. <laughs> so come down to the altars. Let the Lord's arms wrap around you and love you. We'll pray for you, and we'll lead you to the cross. Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever, Daddy. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. Us.